0: Hi there, skating fans. Welcome to another edition of the Skate Canada Alumni Podcast. On this month's alumni blog, Debbie Wilkes welcomes former Skate Canada president Marilyn Chidlow, whose experiences in skating run the gamut from grassroots and learn to skate, all the way to the Olympic games. Enjoy the discussion as Marilyn remembers not only her first steps on the ice and her first assignments on the local club's board of directors, but also some of her greatest challenges and successes as leader of Skate Canada.
1: Marilyn, thanks so much for being with us today. It's kind of a crazy time during this pandemic when we're recording our interview, but uh, it gives us a chance to think back and remember some of the great stories we've both been through. And uh, certainly I know... If there was a representative any better than you who has represented everything from grassroots to becoming president of Escape Canada, I can't think of a person. It's wonderful to have you with us today.
2: Well, Debbie, it's just wonderful to be with you as well. And uh, I certainly um, appreciate being able to, to share some of my
1: story. Well, I think... One of the things that I've been really thinking about a lot through the pandemic is, of course, nobody is skating. There are no rinks open. We're looking now, of course, toward the reopening of skating and what that's going to mean to clubs. I know that that's how you began as a uh, a member of this wonderful community. Tell us about that. Tell us about the very beginning of your skating career, let's call it that.
2: Okay, well, you know, um, I did skate myself at a recreational level, um, and I still remember my first carnival, um, mm-hmm. and it was at the Fort William Figure Skating Club, which is now Thunder Bay, I believe. Um and, uh, and then I also remembered skating in Edmonton um, on outdoor ice with the Edmonton Federation of Community Leagues. Um, and the programs were great there, but we were outdoors and we so looked forward to having our names put up for tests because that meant we got to skate at the big arena downtown and skate indoors. So, um, so I did, you know, I did have a, background in, in recreational skating. Um, when, when Glenn and I moved to Pinoka, um, our, our uh, town where we are now, Pinoca, Alberta, is a, a, a centralized community, a, a ranching community, rodeo community. Uh, one thing to do in the winter was, was darken the doorways of the arena. Uh, small children, and I believe would have been about six when we started, the mid-70s. Um, And I had been there a couple of weeks with her and uh, uh, a gal came along and asked me, would like to do a a job um, if I could be the badge lady at the skating club. (laughs) So that's how I got started. Uh, And and I was really inspired by the the little children, uh, especially those that when they had to come off the ice. You know, at the end of their session, so yes. um, I was the badge lady. I was the badge lady. You know? And and so what a great for twenty-five cents!
1: Oh my gosh, times have changed. <laughs> um, no. What a wonderful initiation for you too. What was it? A registered Skate Canada club?
2: Oh yes, our our club is very strong here. Uh, we have a large drawing area. Um, even though the town is about seven thousand, there's there's quite a huge. Um, drawing area. And the club has remained about 150 members for, gosh, over 50 years. So very solid club.
1: That's Mm -hmm. a success story. What was it that took you to Alberta?
2: Oh, well, I I actually, um, uh, let's see, it would have been in about grade junior high. My dad was with the grocery store chain Safeway stores, and was transferred to to Red Deer. So I did my high school there, junior high in, and high school um, in in Alberta, and remain met my high school sweetheart. And <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, upset. <laughs> well, and you know, enough said. Well,
1: and and then you were the badge lady. Did that go on for some time, or did you begin to take it, it, on other responsibilities oh,
2: yeah. too? Yes, I I I think I did everything. Uh, at the club level, every post uh, except treasurer—it's not one of my strengths—and I wasn't going to touch it. <laughs> Although I was quite in, quite involved with the um, the fundraising
1: that component, yeah,
2: yeah, that component. So and all levels, all levels, Debbie. You know.
1: Yes, I sure do. I mean, I think for for me, as far as my career is concerned, I think um, certainly my children skated at uh, a skating club here in Toronto, but I was never part of the club um, board of directors or anything. I think that's probably the only job in skating I haven't had.
2: <laughs> so for you, it was like treasurer it was it was yeah it was a treasure exactly
1: (laughs) and what do you remember what it was about the club or the sport uh or the people that uh helped you make such a strong commitment to the sport
2: probably all of the above yeah uh all of the above really um uh you know, mostly the little children, and and of course I had skated as a youngster, and really um, did want to go further. But you know, unfortunately, my my parents didn't have the the money for me to do so. I I instead watched Debbie Wilkes skate. You know, <laughs> I think you're pulling my leg, Marilyn. I skated before TV. <laughs> no, no, I I've seen videos. <laughs> oh.
1: Thank goodness. Um, yeah. Well, it it's amazing how the sport kind of it eats its way into your very heart and soul. And obviously, it did something um, something like that for you because then you went on. After that, did that from the club work? Did you go to the section, or
2: or what happened I, after that? I did um, at the at the time that we were transitioning from. Uh, NST, the National Skating Test Program, uh, to Can Skate. I became very involved in our region, and then also on this section as a um, a recreational programs director. So I was involved at that time, uh, probably for about four years at the section level. And at the same time that I was at the section level, I was appointed to to be the recreational a skating chairperson on the CFSA Board of Directors. They really um, struggled to find someone that that um, really um, uh, you know I guess wanted to do the job and maybe had the passion for the job and so um, I, I agree that I would do that and then I was elected to the Skate Canada Board of Directors the following year but I did still stay very involved with the section and the implementation of the skate program you know at, at the grassroots level in our province
1: was that a really difficult project to lead, or did you find that the sport was ready for something? Uh, I don't know if we could call it more standardized or more national in scope. What what was your memory around that?
2: Uh, yes, my memory was was just exactly what you're saying is is that we we wanted to. Be able to have the same skating programs, say, as in my hometown of Pinoca, as is in Saint John's, Newfoundland. Um, so that you know, those that had transferred from rink to rink, as I had as a child, um, you know, we would we would have the same same programs happening. So um, yes, it was um, it was that, uh, but it was also seeing the the coaches who were really interested in group lessons you know for those skaters that weren't able to afford the the private lessons um it was how are we going to make the the program fun how are we going to interject music um you know what can we do to hook these little skaters and um and keep them because you know our my point was always you never know where the next little figure skating champion is going to come from. Absolutely. Um, think, yeah, think of our Kurt Browning. And, we, I, you know, I am in Kurt Browning country. You think of him in Caroline, Alberta. Well, you just kind of drive by there and see it, you know. Yeah. Um, and also, you, you never know where the next... Um, uh, Skate Canada uh, president, or or you know, for that matter, um, ISU representative is going to come from. So if you start nurturing it with some standardization at the at that at that uh, grassroots level, you um, you know, it all evolves. So it was we were ready to answer your question. I I believe that we were really ready. I I certainly had that. That vision. I also had the vision whereby, and this is not to discredit in any way the amateur coaches that we we were using in the programs for the N.S.D. Um, uh, situation. It was it was. Um, I likened it to to being. Um, you know, a star grade one teacher that we really needed to utilize these professional coaches who um, who really had a passion for group les- lessons, you know, in the club. So so that way the clubs could have the modules with the National Coaching Certification Program and we would be able to nurture the the technical skills, you know, at a better level at the beginning stages. So does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm
1: wondering. I'm trying to think back to that time. How long did it take to actually make the transition to cancer? Well,
2: you know, we ha- we did a lot of clinic conductor training, so we had some really star coaches in in all of the provinces in Canada. I mean, some of them is are, are still there, um, and uh, uh, it probably was a, a, a good. Um, five years to get the original concepts going, and then from there, I, I mean, the whole program has evolved to what we had envisioned. You know, down to the the fact of the you know the the online training and everything that's happening today. You know, we I'm not saying everything, but you know, it's all so fine tuned. But in the beginning, it would have taken, in order to cover our vast country with the with the people that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about five years. Uh, and then we still went into rinks. I mean, we'd just do little spot checks wherever we were, and we'd still go into rinks where they, they weren't using the, the music. But it, 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 it took that, that length of time to get all the coaches trained.
1: Sure, and change, no matter and change. Oh, what yeah. kind of change we're talking about. It's very hard for people, first of all, to understand why it's important Secondly, to kind of buy into the concept, and thirdly, to be able to actually act on it, so that was a huge accomplishment huge well and the,
2: yeah it, you know it was it was it was so much fun and so rewarding and and our motto was really continuous improvement and and look what we have as a nation today because of this continuous improvement being the order of the day, you know yes. Uh, Yes, for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, certainly then, as your um, responsibilities continued to grow uh, as you moved from the section then, uh, including the board of directors for Skate Canada, it must have been a pretty steep learning curve, was it?
2: Well, you know, I was... (laughs) I was so impassioned w- w- with the recreational side, and I mean, they 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 called me at the board level the crazy Mrs. Greenhorn because I just <laughs> felt that the, the, that was Doug Steele's um nickname for me. But I, I was I Doug President that, at but, the time. Uh, no, it would have been I think Barbara Ryan. I mean, oh, I, yes, yeah, and and you know, a lot of these presidents came from from the the, the grassroots as well um sure. and, and I wanted to I'm I really wanted that board of directors to know what it was like to skate in the country you know? so I I was um like a probably a bull in the china shop back then um, <laughs> I doubt that know? very much Mary. well you know I made my point you know <laughs> well just think about what it's like to skate here you know can we really do this or you know um all the well knowing that it was just—I mean, we had—we had an incredible board of directors, I and mean, we were like 45 members strong, and from all walks of life and every nook and cranny in the in the country. Um, and uh, as, as far as that kind of a, a learning curve, oh yeah, it was—it it was a big one. It was a big one, knowing, you know, just all the uh, the athlete delivery that the whole. Uh, national competitive scene, the international scene. Um, yes, it was it was huge.
1: Did you ever imagine when you started on, let's just take the board of directors journey, did you ever imagine that one day you'd be president of the association? Oh, heavens, ha-
2: heavens no. No, no, no. I, I never envisioned that. I just um, um, sort of um, evolved, I guess, just, just, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed all the, the task forces that I was, that I was happy to be on and, and, um, and really humbled to, to be a part of as well. Um, you know, did, did a lot of work with, um, with Barbara Graham at the time, even with the test task force and, um, and then the athlete fund, you know, how we could best involve our alumni, um, many task forces, the the cost sharing between the sections and and um, a national um, and pretty impressive. Yeah, you know, but it just evolved, Debbie. You know, it just evolved. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I I would have to say that um, although I haven't always agreed with some of the decisions that have been made. I have to compliment the association and, and the board that you were um, parts of over the years. Always, to me, seemed to have not any kind, uh, no kind of personal interest. It was all about what was best for the sport, and I think that that's um, quite an exceptional trait for any board of directors, particularly volunteer board. Like that to have, and I think one of the reasons why skating has has continued to be so important for Canada, and in our history.
2: Yes, I, I believe so. I think we have a strong and and um, and a rich tradition, and you know, for the the, the most part, um, past, present, and I know future we're, we're highly regarded as a federation, um, you know, and and as Canadians and what we're we're all about, Um, definitely, yeah.
1: As you look back on your years as president, are there certain times that that really stand out? I want to talk about some of the successes, but I'd also like to talk about some of the things that maybe uh, you might have been a little disappointed in or things that you felt needed to be done but maybe couldn't be accomplished for one reason or another.
2: Can you give us uh, a bit of a breakdown? Oh, you know, um, gosh, there, there was just, there's so many memories, and most of them, for me, are around um, my time involved with the skaters and yes. trying to stay focused on why we were doing what we were doing on that whole idea of athlete-centeredness. Always going back to them, uh, we we had a strong national team at that time. Well, we still do, and we would bounce ideas off them. They were quite organized, and they'd give us the thumbs up or the thumbs down. Um, but it was, it was the athlete memories. And I can, uh, one significant memory and, and performances as well was seeing uh, Kurtz Casablanca at divisionals here in Calgary. Um, yes. You know, that, that level of charisma and also that, that creative side with the technical. Um, I was at, um, at Nice, France for the world championships. And Watching Jennifer Robinson do a triple lutz in a program there for the first time, I was, I was just a puddle, you know, it, it, things like that. <laughs> that <laughs> you know, it, it was just a real feat for her, and you could just see it the the minute that she landed that jump, um, you know, and, and 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 watching the coaches like um, um evolve too from from skaters to. The coaches of today. Um, but being with the athletes would have been um, probably my, my, my most important memory. There's lots of others because, I mean, the, you know, being with our, our board of directors and the volunteers across the country and, and also our really passionate national office staff. At that time we were all linked specifically to a national office person who uh, became like sisters and brothers and children to us, you know, it was just very, it was just about the relationships that were so, that was so important. Um, So um, people, you know, I think we started talking about that in the very beginning, but um, you know, as far as, um, you know, memorable moments and, uh, I, it was with you. and I know the one you're going to talk about. <laughs> Are you going to talk about most, Salt Lake City? Most, yep. Being Go in ahead. the nosebleed section, the nosebleed section, because we did not have accreditation. Uh, and, you know, looking at you and and that second mark came up and it was like, I was puzzled in my mind. Was it going to be enough? Was it going to be enough? And you, you turned to me and you said, it's not going to be enough. Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, oh, boy, do. do I ever remember?
1: And, and just to kind of fill out the story a little bit, I wasn't working. Yeah. I was still working for TSN at that time, but um, my, Producer who was a a great skating fan, Antoinette Catracala. She and I decided that after Canadians, that we couldn't bear the thought of not being at the Olympic Games to see well to see all the Canadian team. But for one reason or another, we could. We only had a very short window of time, so we shopped around for um, plane tickets and got an agreement from a friend of ours, Barb Strain, that we could stay with her in her room. She was working for one of the U.S. networks at that time. We didn't even (laughs) have tickets for the event. And we ended up getting some tickets through Canada House and ended up sitting beside you at the event. And and Brenda Gorman. And Brenda Gorman, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. I had no idea. Yeah. And reliving going through that. And, of course, we're sitting in the stands and the marks came up for Jamie and David. And you and I both realized it wasn't enough. And suddenly my cell phone is ringing and it's TSN saying, can you stay and work? (laughs) So I ended up staying for the entire games and following the Jamie and David story was an incredible experience but I will always remember the look on your face.
2: Yes. Oh I was I mean yes. you know I, I when you're a skating mom to all these skaters and I you know I I'm not as, as um as a person uh, prejudiced in any way as to, you know, skaters from different provinces and that, but I, you know, I had watched Jamie skate since she was a little baby, <laughs> you know, um, with Debbie Wilson. Right. And then of course being with John Allmark who had coached my daughter and just the whole situation. And, and I realized right then I, you know, I said, I, I said to Brendan, you probably too, you know what, as, as, as a skate, well, then CFSA, no, we or Skate Canada, I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think so. You know, oh my goodness, we're, you know, at the Federation, we're going to have to step up and own this. These are our leaders, yeah. <laughs> right? You know? Yeah, um, that, that was quite an adventure,
1: quite well, an it, adventure.
2: It, it was, and and if you remember at the time, too, Debbie, we ha- we hadn't, we did not have a good relationship with the Canadian Olympic Committee. You know, with us, we didn't have the accreditation that we needed. Um, and so it was it was like the interviews were hard. And I'll yeah. never forget being, um, you know, absolutely, I, I, you know, poor old um, Ron McLean. I mean, he had a job to do, but he would not, he would not, um, and I guess this is a, a you know, a, a sad memory for me, but he would not let up on the fact that, that um skate canada and the canadian olympic committee did not have a good relationship He wouldn't let you know it is job but but of course that was enough for me i'm I, you know as you know i'm aware where your heart in your sleeve kind of person and you know i just broke down on international television i thought you know what i could body check you here but i'm not going to do it <laughs> <laughs> i'd so forgotten that, that part marilyn yeah, 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 and, yeah. and I, I suppose you know, um, you know, for me now thinking that well, you sh- sure showed how you were a pretty weak person there on you know, um, but um, you know, I, I could have been a lot tougher. So that's maybe the twenty twenty hindsight that that I have now um, with regard to that that situation. Um, but you know. Um, it was just four short days, with with yes. of course Jamie and David's consent because we weren't going to do anything without their consent. Um, four short days, we had that reversal in the judging system, and that was that was a true testament to the the solid um, cooperative effort um, and and the passionate teamwork. I mean, really, I mean, we didn't get any sleep for four days with. Um, you know the Canadian Olympic Committee and Skate Canada and then the international federation presidents were very good as well all of them and then our Canadian Olympic Committee members
0: um
2: and yes. uh, and if i if know, i
1: recall correctly was um, the sh- was Sally Rohorick the chef
2: yes which was yes. very helpful very, yes, very helpful yes yeah sally of helpful. course
1: another a uh, famous international Olympic judge um, yeah a great representative of sport and particularly
2: skating well and she was a chef of mission, unfortunately because she was in a role with the Canadian team you know she could certainly assist us and and help to mentor us but could not be involved at all at the decision-making level yes we had to be very careful. Uh, Certainly, Sally was was um, more than helpful, and you know, certainly a, a great mentor. Do you and think
1: then, you know? Go um, ahead. Can I can I ask you a question? I'm sorry if I'm putting you on the spot. Do you think that had those Olympic Games been any other location than in North America, that switch for Jamie and David would have happened?
2: There. Yeah question. I've pondered that myself. Yes. Um, How can I answer that? Likely? likely. Well,
1: maybe maybe I can just put a little bit of effort into that by saying that it was truly uh, part of the result was as a result of the North American media who um, just got on the case and would not let it drop and I think there was a yep. lot of pressure there, public
2: pressure as well. Definitely. Definitely. And 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 it was just after um, 9-11, right? That's right. Yes. And, you know, um, the security was incredibly, incredibly yes. strong, you know. Um, and... Uh, the media were more than attentive, you know, with respect to that too. So it started out being that way. And then, of course, the Pairs event is Yeah. Yeah. You know, usually. And um, definitely the media played a huge, huge role. Huge. Yes. Um, You know, And, and, and being in the U.S., being in the U.S. as well, Mm-hmm. I will yeah. say, um, I will say that um, uh, our our Canadian media um, and our journalists were exceptional. Um, they were very professional um, and and really uh, had the the utmost of respect for the Skate Canada. I think they 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 knew. I mean, you think of the Terry Jones and Cam Cole and Dan Barnes, all of the Steve um, Steve uh, Milton, oh Milton, Steve, yeah, all, yes. all of those boys. You know, from the Toronto area too. They they knew these skaters, so they were they were really sensitive to to what was going on. We were getting, I was getting some really good help from them. They were very caring. <laughs> you know, to to this day. Um, I just really appreciated their very fair and honest reporting, you know, for, for, for our team. Um, And, and, and even with the, the, um, the judging system going forward, incredibly supportive. So a little different than, than the American media, American media tend, tended to be there more um, Hollywood. And after the story, our fellows and gals were, were um, okay Uh, How is this affecting the athletes? Yes. Which which, I'll always cherish that.
1: Well, my experience with the journalists that cover skating, even to this day, it's not just a beat for them. It's not just an assignment. Many of them request skating as part Mm -hmm. of their job to cover. And uh, I certainly... Respect and appreciate that that they see something in the sport that you and I see that um, you don't and you don't have to have been a skater to see
2: it. Right, right. I think that, that impresses you know, me. You know, yeah. yeah, that and I, I believe that you know, why our sport is our sport and that's why we love it so much and we hook people, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, looking back then, Salt Lake City was one of the major memories for a whole bunch of reasons. Have there been some other highlights that really stand out?
2: Um, Oh, you know, well, for me... It, it was just that, um, I'll call it that everyday grunt work um, to, to actually realize that our sport could be measured. And so working with the ISU and, and the judging system um, was, uh, for me, just a, a treasured memory. Really, really tough work. And it was all about getting the right people who, who believed that that we, you know, we could do something, <laughs> and we were going to do it. Because um, interestingly enough, I, I don't know if you were aware of it, but but prior to um, prior to Salt Lake City at the Grand Prix final, we had had a presentation. Um, an ISU presentation on what a new judging system could possibly look like, and it was yes. Peter Crick that had, had done that presentation. Yes. I'm aware of that. Did, were you? Yes, yes. yes. I knew so, that. Yeah. So the, the and I, my understanding was
1: that yes, and my understanding was that Salt Lake City just made everything move forward much more quickly.
2: That's right. Yeah. So going back to your question about, um, you know, a, a, a memory, it was that that whole time from, I guess, 2002 to to 2006. That um, you know, during during my presidency, that that we really really worked hard because because then also we were um, we had had the 2001 World Championships in Vancouver. And then we did the test for the a new system on the at the 2003 World um, Synchronized Championships in Ottawa. So that was 2003. Then we did the 2006 Worlds in Calgary, and right. you know, every step of the way, uh, you know, we had to be accountable to. Not only to our skaters in our skating community, but to the public in general, because they were destroying this, that this had happened all and we we weren't getting the audiences that that we were before. you know think back yeah. think back to we did um ninety six worlds in in Edmonton to sixteen thousand people, yeah. Right Wow, yes, so those are the memories it was just it was that grunt work, and it was then, and then, on top of it, hosting all these events and their hard work, as you know, yes, <laughs> um, so that big you know those events were um very near and dear to me as well because our our skaters had a chance to skate on their home on their home ground and uh, and and showcase. Um, you know their their work for sure. Um,
1: well, Marilyn, it's a good thing you had a trial run and all the training for CanSkate implementing, developing, and implementing CanSkate because boy, that sure gave you a good background for working on the new judging system.
2: Yeah. Well, it did. It did, and and you know, another thought just went through my mind, and and that was every year Skate Canada does the. Um, the Billy Mitchell Award, and and voted upon, as just an award named after, of course, our first female president, Billy Mitchell. Um, and that award is is voted upon by the uh, the board members. And I did have the opportunity to win it in both 1992 and 2000. So that stands out for me because that was, you know, the board work that that um, um, was. Just significant and, and most memorable for me. So that that was another. Th- those were other moments. And so. that board, that
1: board work is so um, unseen. I guess is the right way to mm-hmm. describe it. The public doesn't know about it. Uh, it's something that goes on behind the scenes. Something that happens every day. Uh, and that, as so appropriately described by you, it's just grunt work and kind of thankless. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. Uh, all you hear are the criticisms. And uh, sometimes I think it must be pretty hard to keep on going. What kept you going?
2: Well, you know, it, it's just really interesting. It's just kind of the learning, the, the learning that. That skaters receive not only from skating themselves but you know as an administrator and, and I got pretty tough in the end it was like you know what it, it r- really doesn't matter to me and it's none of my business what other people think about me with <laughs> the that, right. strategic plan <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> you know so it just kind of toughened me up you know and um, yeah it just uh, um, it go ahead
1: I I would have to say that um, certainly my involvement uh, has been like yours a lifetime uh, and I think of some of the difficulties that we expect of the sport and the organization around the sport um, we expect it to operate like a big business and in in a majority of ways it does. And yet yeah. we have to also remember that while skating is probably one of the preeminent amateur sports, I don't know, amateur is kind of an outdated term these days. But when you think about it, we compete against the likes of hockey and basketball and football. And and now there are so many other sports that are vying for television coverage and um finances, and membership, and volunteers. Sponsorship.
2: And, yeah, Sponsorship, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. What yeah, do you yeah. think, from your experience, what do you think is the largest challenge the sport faces today?
2: Well, you know, certainly, even prior to COVID, I think it, it was, you know, we're, we're still... We're still struggling to to sell the tickets to the events, um, and and gain that that solid sponsorship that we did have prior to Salt Lake City. Yes. So it's it's been it's been um, a struggle um, because we are. I mean, you, you think of the athletes that. Um, we're producing and and the the teams that are are sent to the international events and to the olympics i mean they're 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 stars they're way up there so it's you know it, we, we should we we should be able to get back to that that level of of um 16,000 people in the seats at some point or other, you know, now with COVID, I'm not sure what that's going to look like. I was just, um, as we were going to begin today, I was just reading the return to skating guidelines. So that's here again, something that will evolve. Um, But um, that's the struggle is, is, um, you know, and now with all the live streaming, it's, it's, it's it sort of taking a look at, okay, what, what is this going to look like? Where are our dollars going to come from? Because we need the, the, the dollars in order yes. to, to support the athletes. Right. Um, and we're not getting it from the government as we did. We used to get some pretty good support funding. So um, I'll just interject that if I can. <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs>
1: sure. Well, I think, I think that the audience has been so diluted because uh, there are so many options, other options out there. Right. And You're where right. we thought, right. not mm-hmm. not that many years ago, we have thought that the work week was going to shrink, that there was going to be more family time or available time, and actually quite the opposite appears to have happened. So uh, I understand what you mean about the struggle. And it's certainly yeah. a struggle not just for skating, but a lot of other sports and activities that are looking for the same kind of thing. More audience, more fans. Exactly,
2: more fans. And maybe there's going to be some way to measure um, participation and, you know, and live streaming or, uh, you know, the the stay-at-home audience as well, you know, in order to draw sponsorships. So. We just don't know now what that piece is going to look like, right, you know?
1: Yes, um, yes. And what other opportunities there may be in, in this exactly. world uh, that can be so creative and yet at times so stuck in what's been done yes. in the past. Um, That's I, right. I can certainly foresee that there will be lots of new and exciting changes and some of them will be
2: in sport, undoubtedly. Exactly. I yeah. agree. I agree, totally. I, I just saw a little clip on on Instagram, I think, yesterday of, of these skates that are now being made um, so that you don't, we, we're not going to need ice time. We've got, um, you know, triple jumps happening on these inline skates, you know, especially for skaters, that like figure skaters. I'll have to get out there and practice.
1: <laughs> get my triple
2: axel going. Well, yo- yeah, you'll have to let me know how it goes. Oh, uh, Marilyn. Oh, you, you know that just brings up a um, you know, a, a a beautiful memory that I had. You asked me about memories and it and it's funny. I I probably should have had a list made in my in my head about them. but when we were when we were doing um the the Skate program or you know, maybe it was Ken Figure. I can't remember exactly, but we did a clinic in um in, I believe it was London, Ontario, don't quote me, but we were out on the ice and um, we were all doing the, the Dutch waltz as a um, as a group lesson,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and John Mackay had his skates on. He came over and partnered me. <laughs> also a past, now deceased, yes. but
1: a past president of Skate Canada.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Oh, he was a he was a charming gentleman, very charming. But he, yeah, he donned. Well, he did have his skates on. Uh, had no idea that he was going to get, uh, you know, on the ice and and uh, and do the Dutch Waltz with me. But that was a that's a huge memory too.
1: <laughs> it's funny. There's the big ones and the little ones, and sometimes, many times, I guess, the little ones are just as important as the big memories. It's yeah, it's exactly. wonderful. You know, it yeah, really yeah, is.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry to, to uh, take you off topic oh there, no. but it just jumped out that.
1: at me. <laughs> um, looking back now on your presidency, is there outside of being tougher with Ron McLean, is there anything else you would have done differently?
2: Oh yes, one one other thing. We didn't do a celebration for Jamie and David in Salt Lake City. We we ran out of time. Oh, and. And we we had sort of a little get together in I believe it was uh, Jamie's mom's hotel room, but we did not do the normal um, uh, um you know, Canada or yeah the the oh what do we call it Canada House
1: uh, yes
2: <laughs> celebration that we should have done on the night of yes we did it after the fact. So that 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 was a no no in my books. That was like okay. Um, yeah. To do that over, I would love to do that over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a so,
1: tough couple of weeks.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, but but look what what evolved. And I mean, yes. you certainly had no idea you're you were going to be put to work, right? You know. Oh. None. Um, you know.
1: No. Um, no. No idea. No. But. Uh, it certainly changed the course of skating history, and um, I'm I'm sure I've said to Jamie and David over the course of the years since then, thank you for being the instruments of change. Very important. Yes. Yeah. Very
2: very, important. very very important. Yeah. And and I I would say you know even to um, the leadership um, both at the board level and uh, within the national office during that time that I was president. It was, it was tumultuous. It was, yeah, 2000 to 2006. But I'll tell you what, we worked really hard. And it's those relationships that that um, uh, it can never be taken away, right? You know? For never sure. Never be taken away. I agree. So, and yeah. it's
1: funny, isn't it, how... The skating family, particularly those who have been on national teams or served nationally at the board level or uh, judged nationally or coached nationally, we, we may not be best friends. But once we get to an event, the whole community pulls together.
2: It's um, oh, quite a special it, family to be part of it is it's i think it's just a, a beautiful bond that and, you know none like any other that i experienced um because it's with you forever it seems you know and um you know i think well all sport and certainly um life in in general has its ups and downs but you know it it doesn't mean we ever have to give up right and <laughs> we we don't we don't give up um well, and I would yeah. have to say
1: that uh one of the most outstanding um legacies you left as president of the association was just that, your optimism, your willingness to work hard, uh and always to keep the skater and the sport top of mind. And Aww. I, I well, thank you, Debbie,
2: you know. Well, but remember, I... we're, we're figure skaters, and so you know, really close to my heart is is as the, the skater, the figure skater that that practices um, tirelessly and and kind of falls willingly. I mean, who, in what sport <laughs> where do you fall willingly? You know, <laughs> thousands of times. You know, with 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 that belief that the next effort will hit the mark. Right. That's you know? right.
1: Well, hopefully Marilyn will have more people guiding the sport that have made the kind of contributions you have. And uh, we certainly appreciate that. And thank you for all the hours and hours and hours and years of work that you contributed to figure skating. It's been so much fun catching up a little bit today.
2: Um, oh, we appreciate well, it's your time great chatting with you, too. And um, yeah, it just it just makes me want to dig in more. And I look forward to to getting to uh, to more events in the future, too. I'll look forward um, I to I'll, seeing you there. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: and let, happy, let me know um, how your triple axel goes, will you? Part Yeah.
2: We can check in in with each other. Well, you have have to tell me how yours is too. Can you imagine? This is what they're coming up with now. I mean, who would have thought? You know. Anyways, it's terrifying. It it is so. Um, In the meantime, I I certainly want to wish the um, you know the the skaters and the skating clubs and everybody involved uh, during the the return to uh, perhaps whatever well it's not going to be skating needed. as it one as it was but I, I was looking to the or I was looking at the return to skating guidelines uh, just as we were getting ready to to chat and gosh they've they've done an, a, a great job organizing um, you know just some criteria for the the clubs to follow you know in conjunction with the sections of course because every province is different but as an aside, you're doing okay out there, right, you know, in yeah. Toronto? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're doing okay. fine. It's
1: uh, it's like Groundhog Day around here. My yeah. husband and I have to check with each other in the morning and say, what day is it today? <laughs> uh, we <laughs> no, can't quite remember.
2: I, put, yeah. I was putting some makeup on. He said "What are you doing? Going, doing gardening and with makeup on?" You know? No, I'm, I'm. I just want to be presentable. I want to clean up a little bit today. You know. <laughs> uh, well, thanks well, for thank spending you. part yeah. of it with us, Marilyn. Uh, we well, appreciate it you so much, and all my very best to each and every one. Thanks. See you soon, Alrighty. Okay. Bye bye.
0: Today's podcast guest, Marilyn Chidlow, continues to shine with the leadership and diplomacy which highlighted her presidency of Skate Canada during some of the most memorable moments in skating history. We'll be back next month to feature another outstanding member of Skate Canada's celebrated alumni. Before you go, we'd love for you to visit us online to hear past episodes of the podcast and to read our regular blog entries. There's so much more content that we regularly make available, and it's all available there. The address is alumni.skatecanada.ca. In addition to this episode, you can hear all past episodes of the podcast. Each episode or blog post also has a comment section, so if today's stories have rekindled fond memories for you, we'd love for you to share that with the entire alumni community. If you don't subscribe to the podcast already, we'd also encourage you to do so. By subscribing, you'll automatically receive all future monthly episodes on your computer or mobile device. Simply search for the Skate Canada Alumni Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or any other podcasting directory to get started. I'm Alex Kilby. Thanks once again for joining us here on the Skate Canada Alumni Podcast, and we'll see you again next month.